1: You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. In this episode, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with my brother, James. Now, as you know, um, James lives in London and I live in Paris, so it's a little bit difficult for us to arrange a face-to-face meeting. So I decided that I would try, for the very first time on Luke's English Podcast, to record an interview using Skype. Um, And I think it works okay. The quality is obviously not perfect, but uh, I think it's quite a good practice for you because if you think about it, in the future, you're probably going to need to use English over the internet. It's the it's the way that people are going to communicate more and more, using uh, conference calls, telephone calls, Skype calls, things like that. So it's actually quite good practice for you to train your ear to be able to understand um, English when it's uh, spoken over the internet uh, on on Skype, for example. Um, okay, so that's pretty much it. In the episode, we talk about uh, New Year, what he did for New Year. Some of his latest news and also uh, movies. Uh, We're both big fans of film and we decided that in this one we would um, discuss some of our favourite British films and my brother gives some recommendations of good uh, English films that you should check out. Okay, um, don't forget you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com for links and other information. But for now, let's get started. So for the first time now, um, I'm actually doing a, I, I was going to call it a transatlantic podcast, but it's not transatlantic That's at all. That's completely wrong. It sounded cool. Trans, trans- channel, trans British channel. Tra- it doesn't sound as, as impressive though, the trans channel broadcast, uh, trans channel obviously means that we're broadcasting f- across the English channel. That's the water that runs, runs between France and, and the UK, um, But it doesn't sound as cool, does it? A trans-channel podcast? It sounds all right, but it would be... Anglo-French Discord.
2: No, (laughs) or Discourse.
1: Yes, that would make... Anglo-French Discourse. Basically, I'm in Paris and my brother is in London. We're the Allies and we've got to come to get a plan together to kill Hitler. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, so what we're doing is we're recording a conversation over Skype in order to... create a plot to to assassinate the Fuhrer go back in time first of all we have to go back in time
2: Yeah, that might be the the harder bit if anything both both elements of the plan are going to be difficult you think so
1: yeah which one's going to be harder, getting a time machine or or managing to get close enough to Hitler to kill him
2: time machine, because in theory I don't know if you can do time and space like the TARDIS but you can just appear in his bedroom when he's on his own yeah him then right assuming you've achieved the ultimate aim of time travel you know the goal of
1: time travel this thing, the problem with time travel is and i i heard this from travel a-
2: in space as well because otherwise you'd just be at the, some random point in space where the earth was at that time exactly the earth doesn't always stay in the same place yeah. so if you stay in the same place you might end up in the middle of a mountain or just in deep space somewhere in yeah. somewhere galaxy
1: because the, the, earth is, system. the earth is spinning it's also spinning around the sun so if yeah. we if we went back in time to 19 let's say what 1939 yeah um, then then um we we might find ourselves in deep space because the earth will have been in a different position at that point so that's yeah. no good is it we would just we, yes we've got a time machine yes and we'd we'd um go back in time and then we'd just be <laughs> dead, dead <laughs> frozen in space yeah in a vacuum oh, back- yeah. like that and then that's Shit. meanwhile Hitler's like plotting to, to take over Europe and invade you know Poland and we're just floating in space miles away um, that's why it's the TARDIS time and relative
2: dimension in space because you have to move as well as just travel in time. You're you talking have to travel physically as well.
1: You're talking about the the Tardis. TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a that's a Doctor Who thing. Not all my listeners know about that, but a lot of them do because they're kind yeah. of into into the Doctor Who. Thing. I'm
2: not into the new ones, I have to admit. Really? Cuz I can't be bothered. I'm, I'm not, you know, it doesn't get me that excited. Yeah. Maybe I should try it, but uh I used to like the old, you know, when we were kids, it was good telly.
1: Yeah. I think it's still good telly. It probably is I think I, I think kids these days are, are just as much into it as we used to be, if if not more if not more yeah, because it was always quite confusing, but I think it's a bit more oh it's still confusing is it yeah, I watched some recent episodes I haven't seen all of the new stuff, uh, mm. but I watched some recent episodes because I'm interested in it, and I just didn't uh, I didn't understand what was going on it was all very yeah. kind of cryptic. There's lots of mysteries and references to previous narratives. So Mm. it's really confusing, but somehow really appealing. Just the character of the Doctor is... Yeah, it's a great character. Yeah. Um, So what about our plan to go back in time and assassinate Hitler? Well, the other issue with that is if you change
2: a a prominent point in the past like that, it will change the whole of human history from that point onwards yeah and who knows it could something even worse could have happened yes if i don't know we don't know and they also it might just create a parallel universe but our original universe hasn't changed we've just moved into a different universe yeah but the original one where hitler stays alive is still there somewhere in space and that still happens yeah I mean, there is a theory to say there's infinite numbers of universes occurring at the same time in parallels of our universe.
1: Yeah. There's, there, there's, I, reckon there's... That's... I reckon
2: that's bollocks, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's several theories, isn't there, about uh, the effect of travelling back in time.
2: One oh, of just the... Not even having to travel back in time, just the fact that every decision you make creates another universe, theoretically. Yeah. So and we're then, just navigating our way through this infinite grid.
1: Yeah. So let's say, for example, there's, you, you know, at a, at a given time, you have to make a decision. I mean, to be honest, every single moment is a, a, an alt, uh, is a million or infinite number of different possibilities, isn't it? Mm. So are you saying that it's just that every single minute, every single... It's
2: infinite. S- it's like not even a number you could come up with it's a
1: uh, infinite so there's an infinite it's number a, of parallel universes being created yeah. at every single uh, yeah. moment so that means inf, yeah.
2: infinite it's almost like a liquid you couldn't even say it was a
1: grid <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a liquid i'd say it's more like a gas isn't it yeah probably more like a gas because you can't see it which but... can also be a liquid um if it's cold <laughs> Color gas if it's cold enough yeah well uh, yeah, when, when gas is compressed into a liquid. This
2: conversation uh, has this escalated quite
1: co- <laughs> quickly. This conversation has gone horribly wrong. Gone
2: wrong. Let's bring it back down
1: to Earth. Let's bring it back down to Earth. So, let me just uh, explain what's going on. Hello, listeners. Um, welcome back to Planet Earth. I'm. We're not planning to go back in time in order to assassinate Hitler, because let's face it, a it's impossible and B it probably wouldn't even work because of the whole, you know, chaos theory and all that sort of thing. So no, what we're doing though, is we're just having a conversation over Skype uh, because obviously I'm in Paris and my brother's in London. um, And I, you know, I like having my brother on Luke's English podcast and I keep getting messages from listeners saying, what, "What about your brother? What's he doing?" Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. You're very popular. For, I don't know why, but for some reason the listeners enjoy your banter. Oh dear! So that's a psychic Simon, psychic Simon. That's a reference to Alan, Alan Partridge. And you're, you're, I told you not to fiddle with things on your desk like this. It, yeah, it makes lots of distracting noises. But okay. you know you're a fiddler, so that's yeah. that's just what you do. So um, okay, so we started talking about how this is a trans uh, English Channel interview, mm. um, not transatlantic, and then you talked about some plan to communicate between the French France and England, which is like a reference back to the time during the Second World War when the, the French Resistance movement. Was involved in secret uh, uh, communications with the English, so he's saying I'm like some kind of British RAF pilot who's crash landed in France, and I'm yeah, now
2: yeah, that's that's quite good, that's feasible. I'm that's now feasible.
1: I'm now communicating with You're you.
2: By... working working with the French Resistance, yeah, which is mainly just a load of very sexy French girls in long coats,
1: yes, saying things like, and... listen very carefully. I should say this <laughs> only once. Um, yeah, that would do. And so I'm communicating with you by... Although well, like that was actually set in Belgium. That's a TV show we're, we're talking about called L O L O, which was set in Belgium during the Second World War. And it's an English comedy and it's quite funny. Um, so I, I could be communicating with you by carrier pigeon or something or, or, mm. or, or using some special code. But because this is 2014, we've decided to do, do it by Skype.
2: It must make spying a hell of a lot
1: easier. Well, the NSA certainly are involved in Makes, that.
2: Yeah, but who's got time? I mean, I know it's all algorithms and computers. They probably, yeah, they can do it, basically. Do you, you mean that, are you are you talking about... I mean, this? who's got time to monitor every conversation going on in the world? I mean, I guess it's all, it all comes down to computer algorithms, the number of times you use certain words and yeah. certain code words being used and references to more obvious locations and things. It must be... So you're, yeah.
1: sa- you're saying that the NSA, uh, that it's not necessarily a bunch of guys sitting reading. People's emails. I'd
2: say that's very unlikely once no. it has to be elevated to a certain stage before it gets to that level, I would imagine.
1: They're probably they've probably got big databases of computers that are monitoring all of the emails everywhere. And every time yeah. certain key words come up, then there's an alert. And then Probably probably. Um, so any anytime you let's say what I wonder what those key words I don't, are. No, I don't
2: want to think about In it. In
1: fact, if we say those words, then the NSA <laughs> yes. will start listening to this. Maybe we should say some of those. Those keywords in order to no, increase no. my audience ratings for Luke's English podcast by one. If we took one, like... one guy, one one FBI <laughs> agent, <laughs> <somewhere>, <laughs> some overworked American drinking too much coffee. You know? Loosening his tie, going, God, I hate this job. I hate my job. It's basically <laughs> Agent Smith, isn't it, from the, the Matrix trilogy? Yeah. yeah. All right, come on, let's shop, chop. Okay, so um, I've established the context that we are just talking. I hope that um, the audio quality of this is, is good. Don't forget, so do don't forget to speak nice and clearly so we get everything you're saying. Okay. Um, so, actually, I haven't spoken to you since New Year. So, so how was your New Year?
2: um fine fairly quiet stayed in with uh, my girlfriend jess yeah and we drank some jack daniels yeah and just chatted and ate some food and just had a quiet one really okay you're, you're fiddling um, again sorry <laughs> um you had a quiet one we had a quiet one didn't go out didn't go to the pub stayed up fairly late but we didn't go sort of you know mental
1: didn't go mental or anything no well, it's you know we're getting a bit old. For I'm getting that. on a bit now. Yeah,
2: we played quite a lot of um, Golden Eye. Wait a minute, you played Not Golden GoldenEye, The other one uh, on the GameCube. Uh, uh, it's time Night. Sp- Time Splitters. Nightfire is what it is. is. 007.
1: Wait a minute. It's got a good, very good two-player game. You played? You played Nintendo. Yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow, that sounds great. Jess is quite
2: good. She started beating me recently.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: She, I normally win, but occasionally she started winning now, beating me.
1: You're not letting her win, are you? No, because you shouldn't do that. <laughs> I, you, you, I mean, you shouldn't. At least you shouldn't let her know that you're letting her win. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. Have you got the same headphones as me? Um, I don't know. They're they're Philips. Oh no, different. Okay, no. No, they're they're Philips headphones. They're they're for DJs because I'm I'm cool. And down, with, down with the kids. Um, yeah. All right, so you just had a quiet one. he stayed in. All right, and played mm-hmm. uh, played James Bond. That sounds brilliant. It sounds like yeah, it the idea good. New Year. Um, How and, about you? Well, similar. We had a quiet one as well because we had um, you know the parents over for Christmas, uh-huh. and so we decided on New Year's Eve we would just sort of do very little. We stayed in. We watched uh, a movie. We watched *The Great Gatsby*. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Baz Luhrmann directed it. Mm-hmm. It was crap. Really? Yeah, it was really bad. It's a pity because the story is great, isn't it? Have you ever read *The, the Great Gatsby*? It's, I've it's never read it. It's a, it's a brilliant book. It's a classic. Uh, with a great story and, uh, you know, really interesting stuff going on. Mm. Uh, But the the director decided to give it this really over-the-top visual style. And as a result, that completely takes takes away from the subtlety of the characters and the subtlety of the story. So
2: the direction gets in the way of the film, rather than aiding
1: the film. It's really stupid because it ends up being completely style over style over content and yeah. really the book is about uh sort of content. reading yeah reading between the lines and trying to work out what's going on with the characters and instead it, this film is all about style and, and, and no depth uh, mm. which is a pity but Leonardo DiCaprio is always good have you seen um the wolf of wall street no have you seen it yeah oh you've got to see it it's it's a yeah, uh, it's a stunning film it's um it's amazing it's hilarious and frightening. And Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, he's he's done it again. He's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's best director in the world. No one makes films like him. they're Just the energy. In mm. Yeah. How does he get? Where does he get his energy from? I don't know. I think I know he, get, where he used to get it from. I yeah, he I know where he quite a drug user, didn't he? Yeah, he did have a period. Pre taxi driver or? Uh, I think. Probably after Taxi Driver, um, j- uh, let's see. He did have a breakdown um, in the late seventies, Yeah. and he took... like
2: a lot of people in the late seventies. Yeah, stuff.
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, you see, you can see that he knows what that world is all about because yeah, you see a
2: nighttime it... world of like never going to bed,
1: yes, kind of thing, and pushing it to the limit.
2: Yeah, and being out on in the weird.
1: Dark places. Of yeah, the city. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, you see his film Goodfellas, which is uh, the one about uh, gangsters, uh, the Italian mafia, with Robert De Niro, Rayleigh Otter, Joe, <laughs> Pes- Pes- Joe Pesci. You're talking Pesci. Joe Pesci. The one where he's like, you know, you think I'm funny, 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 well, what, what, like a clown. That one, I'm Here to Amuse You, that film. There's a section at the end of that film which is where the character is doing too many drugs and everything gets out of control. And it's really intense and really difficult to watch. Have you seen the making of? It's called Getting Made, the making I'm, of Goodfellas. Making, I haven't seen that, no.
2: And they, they, apparently in that sequence they use loads and loads of kind of illegal shots, jump cuts, that you'd yeah. never normally do. You know, like there's rules in editing where someone moves... They do something, cuts to another shot. But in that one, there's a few like repeats of the same shot. Yeah. They cut without any real meaning. Yeah. So they can cut from one place to another place without explanation. So you mean... Well, they keep the same shot, and then like there's one where he looks for the phone, and then it cuts straight away to him looking... Yes. Again, but closer, and yeah. it's like that kind of fragmented...
1: You're talking about continuity in, in film yeah, this is
2: Yeah, kind of, but just watch the documentary, you'll see.
1: I know, I know exactly what you mean, that normally... Jump, jump cuts, they call it. Yeah. Normally in, in editing, you have some sort of continuity where, you know, for example, instead of filming someone leaving their house, going down the stairs and getting in the car, you just uh, edit from them opening the door to them getting in the car... You don't show them going down the stairs because it's yeah, unnecessary. That kind of thing. Um, but in, and, and usually there's a sense that you have to have one person entering a shot and then leaving a shot or something. But in in Martin Scorsese films, often he just doesn't obey the rules of continuity, and it jumps around. And as a result, you get this sense of fragmented reality, and it it, it gives you the impression that things are slightly out of control and and a bit intense. Yeah. But the, the the Wolf of Wall Street is all like that. It's like the whole. <laughs> it's about three hours. Two Two and a half hours, and the whole thing funny. is like really messed up and really intense and very, very drug uh, fueled, and it's mm. difficult to watch at times. It's very intense, but it's very funny, but it's very dark actually as well because it's all about the world of of the uh, the the greed and moral corruption of of uh, uh, Wall Street bankers, and um, yeah, I mean it, they're they're really horrible uh, people. Yeah. Um, st- and terrible. they still
2: are And they're still rewarded highly by society For yeah. such lack of morality It's the dark,
1: uh, immoral end of, of capitalism You know, like the, the little corner of capitalism That's just really unethical and immoral
2: Yeah, but this,
1: yeah um, So, you've got plans for, for the new year? Have you got, In fact, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Are you still doing them? Um, Sub
2: question. Quite vague. Quite, <laughs> quite a few things I need to do. I need to do up the bathroom. Yeah. Get the bathroom sorted. What
1: are you going to do in the bathroom? Just rip it
2: all out and get a new one, hopefully. But I need to uh, get a few more jobs first. So I reckon all of February and March, I'm going to try and work in house somewhere, you know, on a daily rate as yes. a freelancer. Yeah. Try and get some solid. Lumps of cash together. Yeah. With which I can then buy a shower, get the bathroom tiled, mm. re- retiled. Yeah. It's okay at the moment, but it's kind of ugly and yes. it's a bit cramped. So I want to take out the bath, have a shower. You know. Yeah, just just nothing very exciting, but that's something I want
1: to do. These are the ordinary, uh, run-of-the-mill things that we have to deal with in in our lives, especially um, especially as when we're adults, you have to worry about get fitting a new bathroom. I remember when I was in my twenties, when I was a teenager, it was like New Year's resolutions, you know, were kind of fun, exciting things to do. Nowadays, it's like, what's your New Year's resolution? Get a new bathroom. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? And uh, travel more.
2: I want to spend less time. In front of a computer and yeah. more time outside. Okay. Seeing new places. Where are you going to go? Um, well, the next planned trip is Ollie's stag do in Mallorca. Yes. <laughs> That's not really what I was talking about. But
1: But we are going to... Count, that, that counts. So just f- for the listeners, um, our cousin Ollie, who you already know because he's been on the podcast a few times, he's getting married. And um, so, of course, he's having a stag do. A uh, stag do is when the the groom, the guy getting married, the groom and his friends go off on some crazy like night out. Or s- these days it, it's extended to a whole weekend. Um, and we're going to go to Mallorca, which is a, an island, a Spanish island. And what's going to happen?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think what's going happen- to be like one of those things where it enforced drunkenness and enforced fun. But that doesn't mean it won't be fun. I think it it's will be quite... That fun. slight pressure of like, right, come on lads let's get, you know, pissed. Anyway, um, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, and it will be there in May in Mallorca. It's going to be beautiful. Alright, so fine. It's, and it's- also,
2: Jess bought some tickets to New York. Oh yeah, really? When? For going in um... J-
1: you don't know, do you? I'm trying to remember. Not till July, I think. Really? Well, guess what? Yeah. Uh, we're going to New York as well in April. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're we're going to be there for a week at the end of April. Um, and I haven't been for ages. Not since we were. Not since I was uh, 12 years old mm-hmm. when when we went as a family in 1989. And I don't really remember much about New York except that Batman the Batman movie was out and we went to Times Square and there was a massive Batman symbol in Times yeah. Square and all I all I was impressed by was this Batman symbol. Ne- that, never was m- the best,
2: that was the best Batman film though, the, wasn't
1: it? The first one. Yeah. Uh, the Michael Keaton.
2: Michael Keaton, um, Tim Burton Batman. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. That is that is a good film. The rest of them, utter crap.
1: Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I quite like the... Of the of the new Batman films, the Christopher Nolan ones, I quite like the first one, uh, Batman Begins. It's not too bad. Is that Christian
2: Bale? Yeah, it's not too silly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not as
2: silly as the second one.
1: But there are some things that I just have problems with with the new Batman films. Like, for example, why does he have to speak like this? You know, why is he doing that? To disguise
2: um, his voice.
1: And even even in some situations when he doesn't need to do it, he's still, he's still speaking like this. <coughs> You'd think it would be really difficult to keep that he up. He must
2: ruin his uh, vocal cords. Really chords. bad for his voice. We thought um, the baddie was like Monty from Withnail and I. Boy, my boys, my boys.
1: Yeah, that's probably a reference that many of my listeners don't get. Well,
2: Withnail and I is a very good British film yeah well, that's one I'd recommend
1: yeah now c- talking about very good British films, I have received uh some um, uh, correspondence from listeners asking me to to suggest some good films some good british films. Okay. I've talked about it a little bit before, but I thought that that we would uh that I thought that I'd ask you. Actually what your personal recommendations For good British films are And I ask you because I know that you've, You're a man of taste um, So you, you can recommend yeah. some good films um, So Good British films that my listeners Should have a look at Okay well we can start out with With Nail and I which
2: is a Classic from the 80s By uh, What's his name the director? Bruce Robinson remember. Bruce Robinson of course not Bruce Dickinson Bruce Robinson mm-hmm. Um, It's about two out-of-work actors in the 60s um, who are played by Richard E. Grant and what's the other ones called? Paul McGann. Paul McGann, who was also Doctor Who. He
1: was the, something like the 8th Doctor, ninth Doctor, something like that, so Paul McGann and and Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant,
2: and don't really want to spoil it, it's kind of a... A film that you can watch many, many times. The first time it's quite confusing. It can be a bit hard to work out what's going on Yeah. and to get your head around it because it's kind of described as a very kind of cool student kind of film with a bit of cool stuff. And it actually isn't. It's actually quite of a quite a bit of a downer the first time you watch it. And it's kind of depressing and weird and you don't really understand it. But yeah. then on the repeated viewings you really you actually understand who these people are and you start to work out what's going on and it starts to become very very funny
1: yes yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a cult film. Uh, by that, you know, I mean a film which uh, is very, very, very popular with a fairly small audience. Um, and it's very and it was popu- made by Handmade Films, which was set up by George
2: Harrison, yeah. amongst others, mainly George Harrison. So it was funded by him. Because of that, he got access, because it's quite a small, indie, low-budget f- film, but he still managed to get access to some very good, iconic music. by Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles which is a very rare thing to get in a film you have to pay a lot of money usually to get an act like that and they wouldn't have been able to afford it but because of George Harrison's influence there's some really good songs in it as well just as another side note yeah. but basically the story, it's not all about story, it's it's not really driven by the story, it's characters that drive it really.
1: Essentially the story is there are these two out of work actors at the end of the 1960s and they are uh, they 've got no money they 're living in a, a, a house in Camden, which is a total mess and it 's like the end of the party you know like the, 90s, yeah. the, 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 the summer of love thousand nine hundred and sixty seven it was like you know lots of uh, peace and love and and drugs and alcohol and stuff and it was all wonderful but then um, uh, just a year or two later, the dream was over. And the, the 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 sort of uh, everyone came down of their of this weird high, and um, it, it became very dark. You know, it was sort of like dark and and the end of the sixties
2: and the end of hope when yeah. they realised that their sort of optimism wasn't quite enough to change the world, and uh, the world was going to carry on. Yeah. As it was, yeah. nothing is
1: really going to change. Exactly. And so uh, what we see is these two characters um, struggling, in a way, to kind of come back to reality. Um, and the two characters sort of go in slightly different directions. Let's um, and, and, not
2: go into too much no, detail. It's no, good no, just no.
1: to... But one no, thing I would say about it. the film is uh, um, that the... the, the the, the thing that's appealing, there's several things that are appealing, but one of them is the script. I mean, it's an outstanding script. It's very, very funny and moving. And it's a script that lots and lots of people remember and they can repeat all the lines from it. So, you know, when you're with your friends who, who know the film, you can kind of like have fun repeating lines from the script. And the other thing is the, the, the performances are really great. You know, there's some really great acting. Um, so it's a cult classic with Nell and I I'll include the name of that movie uh, on the yeah, page for this. Maybe
2: some trailers or something. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll give you some information on the web page, which, of course, is teacherluke.wordpress.com. You can go there and find um, the details of that. So, with Nell and I, I. Now, I've... To be honest, that's a very difficult film for learners of English to appreciate because of the complex nature of the script. And it's not obviously, it's not a mass appeal film. Uh, So you might need to kind of give it a chance. I watched it with my girlfriend, who, as we all know, is French, and she didn't get it. It, uh, She didn't get it at all. Didn't enjoy it. No, because she couldn't really get into the, the detail of the script. But to be honest, when I saw it for the first time, I didn't really understand it. Either. It wasn't no. until I'd seen it a few times that I really understood what it was all about. Okay, with Nell and I, any Thank others?
2: Uh, yes, um, another favourite, absolute favourite mine is by Shane Meadows, who's a director from Nottingham yeah. in, in the Midlands. Yep. Yeah. And the film is called Dead Man's Shoes. Okay. And it's by Warp Films and had some British film funding I believe as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's uh, basically I kind of as if Rambo first blood <laughs> yeah was or some one of those revenge films was set in a sleepy midlands town in England. Yeah. And I don't really want to say too much about it because it's just the best if you go in not knowing anything about the film. Yeah. And Paddy Considine is the main star of the film. Yeah. It's a brilliant actor he's been in other things since but this is probably his best work mm. and, and a very very good cast very natural performances very natural situation it all feels very very believable to me yes frighteningly so um very well edited very good music um
1: and and and, and,
2: and everything about it is amazing and it feels very real that film to me i just you know it's very relatable, very real, and very... It's funny, it's dark, it's sort of, you know, just like real life. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, we grew up in the Midlands in a place that's not too dissimilar to where this film is set. And it feels Certainly
2: like... similar in in the general area, yeah. It's, it, it's kind of in the countryside, but people don't act like they're country people. They're not farming. They don't live on the land. They just walk around the green bits and then go to the pub. Mm. (laughs) Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, But but, um, the point is that when watching the film, it felt like the characters were real people and it felt like I almost knew some of these characters. But then... it's the kind of people you might
2: meet on a sort of wet Thursday night in a pub but yeah. they were hiding out from another pub because they were probably wanted by someone Yeah. and these geezers would turn up at our local every now and then, you'd be like, who the hell is those six blokes over there mm. that come in every night for two weeks and then you never see them ever again, Yeah. you're going to think there's something weird going on there
1: Yeah. so the film has got like a darkness to it and a sense of danger and threat and mystery um, and it's oh, it's just brilliant it's yeah.
2: outstanding. One of the best films ever made, I'd say. Yeah. I know that's a bold claim, but I, I'd say it's my f- number one film of all
1: time. I think my listeners might know the director for his more famous work, which is called uh, <coughs> This Is England. Yeah. This Is England. This
2: England's England. also very good, but to me it's a bit generic. It's not as interesting as Dead Man's Shoes. Yeah. yeah. Characters are a bit more off the shelf.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but This Is but, England is about a, a young lad in Nottingham who grows up and joins a group of skinheads. And it's about yeah. skinheads in, in Nottingham. Um, all right. So we've got with Nell and I. And it's uh, about England, England. England's
2: identity and how, it's, you
1: know. Yeah. England during the 80s when Margaret Thatcher was in power and uh, just sort of the result of... Sort of various, what 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 it was like to live in England in you know, a in a working class community, in the in the Midlands or in the North of England, when Thatcher was was in charge, and um, what a weird sort of place it was. You know, after the Falklands War, a lot of people, a lot of children lost their fathers. You know, the in the war, um, not
2: that many did. To be fair, I don't think that's a common thing.
1: All right, <laughs> yeah,
2: not not with well, not as many. I always thought that was an awkward bit of the film. To be honest, they really shoehorned that bit in. Really slightly that's what i'm i don't know it's not as satisfying a film as dead man's shoes for me it's uh, it doesn't like, seem as natural you feel
1: like, you the, feel like the, the, the 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 part of the story oh, where he loses his dad is a bit contrived do you think yeah okay yes all right that's not a spoiler by the way ladies and gentlemen because it happens at the beginning of the film um all right so um other things we, we were talking about the cornetto trilogy yep um
2: that's uh Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and the World's End, yeah by Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and others Nick Frost, Nick Frost so- we knew them over there over here from their TV series spaced, which is very, very good um cult uh channel channel four so we could call it a sitcom but it's not really a sitcom it's a sort of good comedy very very good
1: yeah yeah that's right
2: comedy uh, with lots and lots and lots of cultural references in there to lots of geeky things that people of our age relate to lots of Star Wars to video games to sort of all sorts of weird things music and the kind of culture that was going on at the time
1: yeah okay so
2: then, then there they went on to the big screen and they started with Shaun of the Dead which a lot of people will have seen surely that's a lot of your listeners will have seen
1: sean of the dead see the thing is that the it might not be called sean of the dead in their countries it's probably got a different name so we have to explain basically what that happens in the film can you
2: say sean of the dead in french um sean de la la mort 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 Mort. yeah is that we're we're rubbish at other languages aren't we
1: yeah but the fact is that when films when english language films are opened in different countries they give them different titles yeah I know. Like yeah. sometimes they give them titles in the in the foreign language but sometimes they give them a different title in english like it's uh, just more recognizable yeah like the hangover in france is called very bad trip yeah work it out it's not quite the same thing is it because the word hangover is not very common it's the
2: day after
1: okay yeah but But
2: it's not really an equivalent word for that in french it's because they they eat such fine food
1: no, they have the word hangover. They they have it in French. It's um, a gueule de bois, which is like a, a mouth of wood, I think. It's a bit weird. But anyway. But
2: that's not the same thing as a hangover. That's just no, like.
1: It, it is. It is. That's just their word for ha- a hangover. They okay. call it a gueule de bois, uh, meaning when you feel bad after you've drunk yeah. the night before. But they don't know the word hangover. Not enough yeah. people in France know the English word hangover for it to be successful as the name of a movie. And
2: so, gueule de bois is not a very attractive attractive proposition for a night at the cinema is it
1: No, they want to give it an english title because it's an english language movie as part of the sales pitch for the for the film um anyways anyway so maybe sean of the dead is not called sean of the dead around the world but basically what's what happens in sean of the dead
2: uh he's a kind of 30 something loser you could say thrifting through life not appreciating his girlfriend being a bit of a slacker and having a holding down a sort of dead end job and losing his girlfriend slowly. And then he gets caught up in a zombie attack. Yeah. And it's all a sort of analogy to his situation in life that he feels like he's being dragged into the world of the living dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's great because it's funny and it's it's got different layers. There's like many different things going on, different subtexts. Um, there's a romantic comedy aspect to it. There's the horror movie aspect, but also it is, it is quite creepy
2: in places, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's quite frightening. Yeah,
2: even though it's a past, almost a pastiche of a horror movie, not quite. It's it's, it's also a homage.
1: Yeah. That's right. Um, And yeah, it's great because it's funny and it's scary. And also it's quite uh, touching in a way because you feel like, yeah, I understand. I can relate to this guy because, you know, it's about having to move on, having to like grow up and take, take on responsibilities mm. and learning to join the rat race or not uh, or deal with the fear that you have of joining society, you know getting a job and, and all that kind of thing um, yeah. and about losing your friends, you know there's um, something related to that that he, you have to kind of let go to, of of the old friendships you had with your mates when you were younger and you've got to try and move on and become more responsible and all of this is played out in the context of a zombie invasion, which is quite original.
2: Yeah, it's very clever.
1: Then the second film in this in this trilogy is called Hot Fuzz. Right?
2: Yeah, very good. Uh, uh, set in a sleepy English town, and it's basically all those kind of buddy cop action movies yeah. reset in an English um, cathedral town, yeah. which is a sort of old sort of fairly boring yeah boring English town and it's apparently based in Wells which is Edgar Wright's hometown Mm. and it's kind of a slight teenage fantasy of kind of running riot in your hometown and having police shooting and blowing things up and that sort of, it's a bit like a daydream in that way of when you're a kid and you think imagine if there was a big shootout here and kind of it's it's silly. It's a silly film. It's not quite as serious as uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, it's got some really silly bits in it. That the first time I watched it, I thought felt a bit let down. I thought, oh, they've they've gone too silly with this. Yeah. But then the second time I watched it, I enjoyed it just as more of a daft kind of romp. Yes. And it's very enjoyable. Very funny.
1: Really. The the. The thing that's going on is that, you know, those American Hollywood action movies like uh, Lethal Weapon or Bad Boys or, or whatever it is, you know, just like the typical American Hollywood action movie about cops. Um, it's all completely over the top and very violent, and lots of explosions and drama. Uh, imagine that kind of film happening in a ordinary, boring, sleepy, old English town. Um that's the joke isn't it really it's kind of like essentially yeah a, an american action movie in that context um, yeah and but,
2: it's a buddy movie as well as as well as being a pastiche. it's, it's actually quite a good buddy movie because the local cop is the fat sort of bumbling nick frost yeah and simon Pegg turns up as a sort of super cop from london who's trained you know trained to use weapons and has taken down the most number of criminals in his town or whatever the hell it is and he's very serious as well isn't he <clears throat> yeah very serious doesn't know how to loosen up and enjoy himself he's married to his job
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay. so that's good and then the third one is called the world's end which was in the cinemas last year
2: um my mate will has just turned up can you
1: Okay. Well, just leave it running for Okay, now. all right. Uh, my, my brother's f- expecting a friend. Um, his friend Will has just arrived. So Will doesn't know that we're recording a podcast. So My brother's just gone to answer the door. So Will's going to come in. He's probably going to start talking. And he doesn't realise that he's on Luke's English podcast. He might think he's a bit strange. Um, but we, maybe we'll talk to Will and see how he is.
0: Um, well, speaking of movies, I have the finest wines available to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I have red wine. Speak to Luke. i have just go to Luke. OK. Hello, Will. Hello, Luke. How are you?
2: ask Luke if you want, because Will's a very interesting dude. <laughs> he is, isn't he? It's good. good opinions on with
1: and I. We're not recording, are you? Will, we're recording. You are live on Luke's English... Well, you're not live, don't worry, actually. You're, you're, ah, but good. you are being recorded and you, you're going to be broadcast around the world on Luke's English podcast. Um, so Will is just showing me a bottle of wine that he's brought.
0: Chateau Labergors Margot, 2009. French. Very nice. Yeah, I work for an oil company and they're, um, it's a private company. They're not in the stock market. It's family run and the family owns a vineyard and they give every employee two boxes of wine every year. So. Wonderful. So you got a box, a whole box. Two boxes. Seriously. Twelve bottles. They're worth twenty five pounds each. <laughs> right.
1: Great. So you're gonna you're gonna drink that with my brother now.
0: So, so Margot, yeah. Booyah. Best of the gonna... century. <laughs> Margot's good shit. Isn't that the uh,
1: isn't that the best of the century wine that they drink in Nell and I?
0: Um I don't know what they're drinking withnell and I. No, that's sixty seven or something, isn't it? Yeah. But it's set in <laughs> It's made in 85, but it was set in the 60s, right? Yes, 68,
1: 69. Yeah, that's right. How does it feel to be um, on Luke's English podcast, Will?
0: It feels a special sort of tingly sensation around the scrotal area. (laughs) Really? Excited. It's, am I allowed to curse? Am I allowed you, to curse?
1: You can, you can curse, you can say whatever you want uh, This is, after all, natural British English As it really is spoken uh, But you, okay. may, you may need to explain things Which uh, I consider to be complicated that, that my listeners won't understand So if you say If you say, for example That you, you're feeling a special tingling sensation Around your scrotum We may need to explain what those words mean Are you, are you ready to, to do that?
0: I'm ready to explain. Yeah. Okay. Well, if if it's necessary,
1: uh, I'm not sure we're going to go into that particular expression right now. Um, so you have brought a bottle of wine to share with my brother. Yeah. Be careful because he might drink most of it. You know that, don't you?
0: That's uh, that's allowed. I don't even like wine.
1: Really? Oh, you don't. <laughs> you don't drink, do you?
0: I do drink. I want some, but um, he can have the lion's share.
1: Certainly. Yes. Okay. He probably will.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he probably is already.
1: <laughs> um, do you know about by podcast? No. Okay. Tell me about it's it. A, it's an audio one.
0: I hope I'm not ruining it.
1: No, you're certainly not. This is interesting because this was unplanned, which makes it, you know, a lot more uh, exciting. You know, it's like actually really happening without any contrivance.
0: Um, I'm nodding. You are, oh, yeah. No, for the audio nodding.
1: Will is nodding in agreement. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I've been doing this thing for nearly five years and uh it's for people learning english right okay because you know i'm an english teacher and right. um and i've been doing it for five years and now i've got thousands of listeners all over the world who actually listen to this true yeah it's true isn't it so you're you're uh, now you're now famous. How your
2: new, how's your new website working out by the way yeah. have you any teething problems or is it all no it's
1: of... it's okay yeah i mean i don't have really a new website i've got a new uh host for the audio and that's yeah. that's great uh, the website itself is, you know, looking okay. It it it's, uh, it could be better. There's lots of things that I need to do. It's just a question of finding the time to do it. But Will, you're you're now. Uh, um, are you are you planning to go to South America in the near future or, or Russia?
0: No. Why?
1: Because <laughs> if you were, then just I would say just sort of be prepared because you might be mobbed at the airport by by fans. Because if now that you've been on this. You're famous now. If you go to Colombia, you'll be a well-known person there, you see.
0: Ladies, you like the sound of my voice?
1: They'll give you diplomatic immunity, you know. (laughs) You won't need to pay for anything. You'll be looked after. Um, So how's your 2014 going so far?
0: It's going pretty damn amazingly, actually. Yeah? That's good. just started seeing a really nice girl. Excellent, and I'm over the moon about it. That's that's very
1: good news. Did you? When did you meet her? 2006. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she's a friend who is uh, now. Become... No, she's my
0: ex-girlfriend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: really? I went out with her briefly in 2007. Yeah. And it didn't work, and uh, but we're seeing each other again now, as of about Christmas time. Yeah. I just heard a pop there, that was the, uh, the, wine. the cork coming out of the bottle.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: And it's uh, five past four on Monday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just the right time to open a bottle of wine.
0: <laughs> Jim and I are men of leisure.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a pity that I can't join you, really, isn't it?
0: Mm, I, I, I would have had to bring more wine
1: i know i happen to be in another country so i can't but i've got i'm sure we've got wine here in the in the apartment somewhere so i might open a glass what be- before you arrived i was talking to my brother about uh the cornetto trilogy because we, right. we we're telling listeners about uh good british films that they should check out all right okay so you know the cornetto trilogy don't you no that's, i've never heard of it that's Shaun of the dead hot fuzz and uh, the world's end
0: Yes, I do know it. I've yeah. seen them; they're amazing. I just didn't know it was called the Cornetto trilogy. It's,
1: it's called the Cornetto trilogy because in each film, they eat cornetto ice creams. Ah, that's it. Um, so, have you seen? Have you seen them all, by the way? Yeah. Which one did you like the best?
0: Uh, Shaun of the Dead.
1: Yes. I think
0: they started to get slightly tired afterwards uh-huh. with, with. Uh, sort of repetition of tropes, but I think the first one was great.
1: Yeah, okay. You agree? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think the first is the best. Um, but I, I've been thinking about The World's End recently, and I think that may be the second best one. I think it's quite deep. It's, it's got... weird, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Very strange.
1: Now, we haven't explained what The World's End is yet, so we're going to have to just briefly run through the plot of this. Um, basically, as 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 in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, it's basically kind of like an English... Uh, a story about ordinary English people, but with some Hollywood element thrown into it. So the first one is like a romantic comedy, but with zombies, so it's like a horror movie. The second one is a a story about friendship in a small town, but with the Hollywood action movie genre added into it. And the third one is a kind of science fiction element. It's um, about a group of friends who are... Pushing forty, they're sort of in their late thirties. They used to be friends. They used to they grew up together. They haven't seen each other for ages, and they decide to get together and uh, go on a trip to back home to their old uh, hometown uh, and catch up on you know what they've been doing. And in the middle of this, uh, they discover that there's an alien invasion, and they have to battle robots. Um, and so that's kind of it. There, there's more to it than that, but that's a general overview of it. Um yeah so there you go. <laughs> what do you think the robots represent? But, okay, the I think the
0: subtext. Uh,
1: the subtext of this <laughs> is that uh, when they go back to their hometown and it's not quite the same and in fact they don't realize at the beginning that the home, the town has been taken over by robots and all of the people have been replaced by robot clones. Okay, so the subtext of this is that basically they're they're looking at the kind of uh, the way that culture is being homogenized. You know, like the Starbucksization, if that's a word, Starbucksization of of culture. So um, they go, they visit all their pubs in their, they visit all their old favorite pubs in town and they discover that a lot of them have just become corporate chain pubs. So they've lost their individual identity, their originality, and they've just become bland kind of uh, 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 corporate chain pubs. So I think the robots represent the fact that people's individual individuality or the uniqueness of, of culture has become... Uh, reduced by something, something like the Starbucksization of of culture. My brother just can't stop fiddling around. I'm just and tidying up a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So
0: it's like um, it's like the Matrix, in that. Um... <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. You, you... In, that, in that they're channeling a kind of Baudrillardian idea about the simulacrum of uh, reality mm-hmm. um, being mediated by a robotic um, repetition in. You know, where the spoons taken over? Yeah, I prefer Sam Smiths myself.
1: Sam Smiths is a chain of pubs. So Will's just sort of uh, mentioned the uh, the sort of academic uh, postmodern theory relating to movies <laughs> like uh, The Matrix and uh, The World's End, which I totally agree with. You mentioned what like philosophers like Baudrillard. Baudrillard.
0: Baudrillard.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: He, he influenced the making of The Matrix.
1: Yeah. Really.
0: Okay. The, those those two brothers is only good film. What are they called? The Wachowski, Wachowski brothers. That's
1: it. That's the only Sorry. good film they've made. The Matrix. I think
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about British films, though, right? So we are. Yeah. What's your favourite British film apart from With Now and I? Apart from With Now and I, I put, put in it. second place. I put With Now and I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, God, favourite British film. Uh.
2: I saw the Yipcrest file the other day. I'm not saying it's my favourite, but have you seen
1: that? It's very good, yeah. Love it.
2: Michael Caine is a really sort of blue-collar spy. He's like the anti-Bond. Yes. He's a sort of working-class blue-collar... Lives in a bedsit, kind of spy. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good, and the music's brilliant as well.
1: And it's very stylish. You get to see London yeah. in the London in the mid '60s. It's really it's
2: stylish, stylish in a mod kind of way.
1: Yeah, they're very sharp suits, and it's
2: not extravagant. He lives in a really sort of basic surroundings, and it's quite urban and quite modernistic. Yes. It's when was it made? '66 or something? Yeah. Oh, it's young Michael
0: Caine.
1: Yeah,
2: so that's one one of his earliest
1: films. That's uh, the Ipcris file, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, I did see that
2: quite silly as well yeah and another good film I saw recently is called Performance have you seen Performance yes though?
1: yes I have Mick Jagger Mick Jagger and, is that
2: one uh, that all those Happy Monday samples are out of
1: really we've
2: been courteous okay. uh, I, like, I like a bohemian atmosphere
1: my listeners are, th- are now completely lost at this stage switching
0: what? up <laughs> I like uh, they that be... turn it up yeah the <laughs> bu- they're not saying that <laughs> um
2: Look, okay. we might have to cut this one. short yeah, I think. Short. I'm I not think... saying very sure, but maybe we'll do music next time if you want. Let's do that. And Just keep this one to films.
1: Yeah, I'm going to yeah. let you guys drink your wine. Well, how long have we been talking about? Oh, about an hour. Fifty. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, i going to drink that Margot. Yeah. Feel free to edit me out.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to edit you out, Will. How could I? You how have your own I, episode sometime. How could I edit you out, Will? Seriously.
2: Look, well, uh, I think you should uh, give Will his own episode at some point.
1: I think. What would talk about? about?
2: Academia.
0: I can talk about that.
1: There's there's plenty of things we could talk about, Will, because you're very well read, very uh, intelligent, very very uh, eloquent and articulate uh, I gentleman. Need to stay. Thank you. I'm sure the listeners would be fascinated to hear about. Sort
2: of Radio Four
0: style, you know, in our time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we could have a seriously intelligent uh, episode of Luke's English Podcast. I mean, they're all intelligent, but yours would be like seriously, seriously intelligent. intelligent yeah. <laughs> okay thanks very much guys thanks Thank for you. talking to me
2: i prefer the shorter episodes of this podcast anyway so i think this is, this is probably
1: best but uh you're not the target listener are you really for looking gravity this podcast. is the soul of wit gravity and gravity okay time to stop listening to this okay. now isn't it Bye. goodbye good to, bye. Bye to talk bye. to you bye. cheers bye 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 bye, 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 bye. <laughs> All right, so I've stopped, stopped the recording, um, and uh, that's, that's basically it, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, I'm still talking to you. The Skype call is over, but uh, I'm still talking to you. I, I imagine that at the end of that conversation, it all started to get a bit confusing, what with three people talking over the internet, um, and uh, we started talking about complicated things uh, like uh, the subtext, of The Matrix and uh, that other film, The World's End. Um, If you go to teacherluke.wordpress.com, you'll be able to find links and other information on the movies and things that we talked about in this episode, and then you'll be able to check them out for yourselves. If you are still listening to this, then well done. You're brilliant, aren't you? Um, Definitely. Uh, I think you've you've made the right choice by continuing to listen to this all the way through to the end. Some people don't, you know? Some people... It gets a little bit difficult, it gets a little bit confusing, and they give up. But not you, no, because you're special. Okay, that's, that's it. Um, I'll speak to you again soon, uh, but for this episode, uh, and for now, it's goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. You've been listening to Luke's English Podcast. In fact, you are still listening to Luke's English Podcast. In just a couple of seconds, you're going to stop listening to Luke's English Podcast. But for now, you're definitely still listening to Luke's English Podcast. And all it remains for me to say is thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.